Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I'm talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving on errands around town. It is Sunday, April. Oh gosh, I need to. I, you know, one of these days I will actually look at the date before I start recording. I get. I promise you, I know what day it is, but <laughs> I can never remember the exact date. So it's April 18th, 2021. Um, we, this is kind of. I wasn't actually re expecting to be recording an episode today. Um, Ridiculous Hat and I are planning on recording our uh, meta review on Tuesday, um, the 20th. I guess if today's the 18th, that would be the 20th, um, which will be on my stream, uh, I believe, at 8 p.m. Eastern. But you can check uh, my Twitter for an announcement about that. But that's always a fun show. Um, this is going to be a little bit different. Um, we're not talking about the meta. We're not talking about... Um, you know, deck guides or nerfs or mindset or, well, maybe this is a little bit mindset, but not exactly the way it normally is. Um, I want to talk about some of the things that have been happening over the last uh, several days in terms of representation in gaming, because there is kind of a big thing. And, and if you've been watching Twitter, you may see it, you may have seen parts of it. You may not necessarily understand what's happening. And, um, I think that it's important to talk about, uh, you know, I, I have a platform such as it is and I, you know, I, I ought to use this and, and I thought about bringing somebody on to discuss this, but it's also kind of crappy to ask somebody to come on just to talk about diversity and representation. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to explain this and, and raise awareness about this as best as I can from something of an outsider's perspective. And I'm going to try to be a little bit more comprehensive in the links that I provide in the show notes for this episode. Because I, I think that ultimately, like, I can discuss this and I can give you an overview, but I'm not really going to be able to do this topic justice as well as, and, and, and make it sink in as much as reading some of the things that have been posted over the last couple of days and watching some of the, the videos that have been posted over the last couple of days. Um, and, um, and, and so I'm going to point you to that, but what I want to do is I want to kind of give you at least from what, where I'm standing, my understanding of what's happening, why it's important and why you should care. And then where you can go to educate yourself further. I think that that's something that I feel a kind of an obligation to do. And, um, so we're going to do that on this episode here. So over the past, I would say two weeks, there have been, and, and this has been going on for a lot longer than that, but these, these kinds of came to the forefront over the past couple of weeks. Again, um, there were, were kind of two incidents, one involving Hearthstone esports and one involving, uh, the Hearthstone, uh, like marketing team that were fairly concerning in, in, in terms of representation of women in the game. And, and this is all coming, you know, less than two years after we've had the first, you know, woman champion in all of esports. So one would think that following that, we would have, we would, I don't want to say we would not have to talk about this anymore because like this is bigger than any game. But one would think that Hearthstone would 
be evolving a little bit faster than maybe the rest of esports and be showing as an example, but it's it's almost worse. I, maybe I shouldn't even say almost. It is worse. Um, and, it, and it just seems like things are not changing enough and it's not changing enough on on the part of, you know, the the folks that are responsible for shaping the direction of the game and the culture and the community around the game at Blizzard who are, um, you know, just not not doing their part to help in that regard. And I think there's things that we can all do, but I think that a lot of what's happening over the last few days has been kind of holding Blizzard's feet to the fire because they really have not been behaving in the way that they should be in what's, and what seems like consistent with their values, frankly, because their values are, are saying that everyone's welcome to game and, and everyone should be able to play. And they're not living up to that in the way that they're approaching the community. So anyway, I've talked a lot around this. So um, there were allegations around Delay, who was a, uh, you know, in the Grandmasters program, around um, sexual harassment and, and quite frankly, some fairly disturbing behavior, uh, you know, in terms of, of intimidation and in terms of, um, you know, domineering and, and basically being the abuser in a in a relationship and his, his ex-girlfriend had come out in, in January and had, you know, detailed a lot of these, of these allegations. I'm going to apologize if I get things wrong, by the way, because I am driving and I can't look at things. So I'm doing this entirely from memory. I may get some details wrong. I invite you to correct me and I'll, I'll, I'll issue corrections if need be. Um, cause I do want to be the accurate, but I'm also kind of doing this without notes. But ultimately, like, she she came out and she had, uh, you know, detailed all of this in a twit longer, and there were crickets from Blizzard following this. And then, finally, the day before Grandmasters started, because they had announced the Grandmasters roster for 2021, and Delay was still on it, and, like, literally the day before Grandmasters started, they, they pr provided a very short statement that he was no longer going to be with the program, which of course w sparked a whole bunch of of arguments around, um, you know, whether you know whether we should wh whether he should lose his spot because of allegations, and you know how is this fair? And and there was one particularly bad um, take from another pro player that was basically like trying to both sides it, saying that you know yes, it, what he was doing is awful, but also. You know, if it's if it's just her word against his, what you know, should he actually lose his his spot in that? And and the the answer to that is that the, it's not like someone can con like like a woman can come in and accuse a man of behavior like this without any cost, right? Like the the thing is like because in case you and I I'm I am saying this knowing I just literally just looked at the the analytics before. I started recording, and according to Anchor, my, my audience is 96% men, which is way higher than I would like, but it is what it is, right? So so I, I am talking to the men in my audience at this point. Like, an accusation like this, especially for somebody with a large following on the internet, does not come without cost. Um, it it comes actually at quite, quite a bit of, of risk to the person who's coming forward with this kind of allegation because, you know, anyone with a following on the internet can be, it can have a following that is very protective of 
the person that they're following for, for lack of a better term. And that can result in a number of, you know, of, of threats and harass and additional harassment and, and possibly worse because there's always the chance that you have someone in, you know, in, in a, a following who will take things just a little bit too far. Right. So there, there's risk of like personal harm in addition to, you know, additional harassment and, and all the other, all the other blowback that's going to come along with this. And, and I believe that the person who made these allegations, like she knew that going in. So like the fact that there are these allegations, like Blizzard was made aware of it in January and they didn't do anything. And then because they waited until the very last minute, thankfully they did the right thing at the very end, but they didn't have time to actually do a proper investigation because they could have done an investigation in the three months prior to Grandmasters and then taken action or at least like, you know, said, hey, we're paying attention. We we know that this is happening. And, you know, we're investigating and then, and then publish the results of that investigation. But they didn't do any of that, right? So they waited until the last day before Grandmaster started and then they ejected him, which is good. They did the right thing ultimately, but it ended up leaving more doubt because they didn't have time to do their due diligence. And it looked like that they were just, you know, reacting when they chose not to do anything. Um, but, and, and the fact that they waited that long and they didn't do, they didn't do anything. I mean, if, to give you an example, I just saw a report in League of Legends, um, today or not today, yesterday, where there was a pro player who was suspended or suspended by his team or suspended by, um, by, by Riot. I'm not sure which, um, that because he, he, you, he, called someone or something cancer in, in in-game chat, right? And Riot monitors that stuff really quickly and takes action, right? And so, like, compared to that, which, you know, compared to these allegations, seem like really, really minor. I mean, not that that's not a bad thing, right? Like, you shouldn't be doing that anyway. I don't want to say that that's acceptable, but they're on different levels, right? And And Blizzard just didn't do anything. So that was problem number one. It did end up with about as satisfactory of an ending as one would hope for, but it took way longer than it needed to or that it should have and, um, and, and ultimately allowed for some of this gray area to exist where it might not have otherwise had they, had they been able to, had they actually you know taken the effort to do an actual investigation ahead of ahead of the Grandmaster season. So the other thing that happened a couple of days ago is that Blizzard announced a an invitational tournament that's going to be broadcast on Twitch. And they had this is like two groups of two teams of of 10, so 20 people all together. And the roster included exactly two women. And I I believe people of color were also extremely underrepresented. Um, but, you know, it, it would seem that, again, for a game that has had a female world champion in recent history, right, that they would want to be included, you know, they, that seems fairly, not fairly, it seems extremely low 
uh, given, you know, what you would expect to be in the player base, right? Like, and, and this, this happens a lot, right? Like it, and, and if you go back and look at like the history of these invitational events, um, they're, they've never had more than two, or I think there was one that had three women out of a field of 20 plus, which is, I mean, it's pathetic, really. Like, there are a lot of talented women who stream. And it's 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 just shocking that they that Blizzard picks like a couple of them and then that's it and they're like, "Okay, well we fulfilled our quota." That's absolutely what it feels like. And the the thing is that and, and just so we're we're completely clear on this. This is not an esports event. Right, because all the esports events have to take place on YouTube, and this is on Twitch. So this is not any sort of an esports event. This is Blizzard picking however many streamers that they typically work with, and then inviting them to a tournament. And there's a fairly substantial cash payout um, that goes along with that, that. That probably ends up equating to like a, an appearance fee at the end of the day. But there's there's a, a non-trivial amount of money involved. And there's a significant amount of exposure involved for the people who are invited. Uh, it, it's a big deal to get your face on the Play Hearthstone Twitch channel for any amount of time, right? Like that is exposing you to a large number of viewers and, and Blizzard wields incredible power in who they choose to, to put on stream. And, and they, it seems like a lot of the people who they're picking are the same faces that we're used to. And, and to be fair, this like Blizzard does not do any events like this for fun, right? Like this is clearly some sort of a marketing event. I don't really understand marketing well enough to understand what Blizzard gets out of this to be completely fair, because it seems like the people who they're inviting are all people who predominantly stream Hearthstone already. So it's not like they're getting Hearthstone in front of new people or even people who were like not interested in Hearthstone before. So I, 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 the only thing I can think of is that they need to keep people sub to like the play Hearthstone Twitch account for, um, for things like reveal streams and whatever. And so they're trying to get people to sub to that or, or, or not even sub to that, just to follow it. Right. But even then, like... I, it, it doesn't, it, it's, it's weird, right? Like, I don't understand, I, I, I clearly do not understand marketing enough to understand why this event is taking place, but it is, right? It, but it's a marketing event. And they, while they are definitely, like, some of the people who they're inviting are going to be providing more to Blizzard than Blizzard is to them. Like, people like Crip or Tice or whoever. Like, they, they don't need the exposure, Right? And, and that's fine. They're bringing the exposure to the event. Fine. Perfectly acceptable. Understandable. You need some people like that. Fine. You don't need 18 people like that. <laughs> right? Like, there's an opportunity here both to, to kind of fulfill two goals, which is to both, you know, in, both bring awareness to, you know, whatever whatever marketing goals they have for this event. And I, don't, I have no idea what they are. But you also can bring visibility to people in the community who, um, you know, who should have more of a spotlight on, spotlight on them, right? Like, like 
the one of the women who is invited in there, not, uh, Nacelle, is is extremely talented, and she should have more people following her than she does. So, and, and I'm hoping that she will get a boost out of this. And I feel bad for her and for Ali Straza for kind of like being the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's some amount of like survivor's guilt or whatever the equivalent is for being the two who were chosen. And, and that's not to take anything away from them. Um, but, you know, it, it's, I, ideally you would be able to kind of take those viewers that you're getting from some of these big streamers and then also introduce those people to new people in the community. And... Blizzard seems like they're doing that as reluctantly as possible. And and you even go back to um, there was one Battlegrounds event where they didn't they invited Slissa at the last minute because somebody backed out and, and Slissa ended up winning, I believe winning the event or she, I, I think she won the event. And really demonstrated like how skilled in, of, a, of a player she is, and they didn't even have her on the initial invite. And and like that's one of the first people I would that anyone would think of in terms of, of a Battlegrounds Invitational. Um, so it's it's really frustrating and it, and it keeps happening. And you know, going back to Slissa, like she was asked, I believe by Blizzard, and, and she said this in a YouTube comment um, that was picked up and, and tweeted out, but I believe on her own video, but she said that they, they had asked her to run a women's only tournament but do it on her channel, not on the Play Hearthstone channel. Which is like, yeah, I mean, it. That's a thing. It's it's a good thing to do it. I, I mean, I've I've worked with badass women of Hearthstone um, when they've done their their tournaments in the past as well, and you know, I'm I'm still involved with them. Um, you know, they're, they're they're I believe they're trying to get another tournament together, and I'm happy to help however I can there. Um, and I've I've had Aphiria on this show before talking about it. Um, but like though there's only so much reach that you can get from, you know, a, a women's only tournament on a private channel, as opposed to whenever play Hearthstone goes live, right? You have a lot of people who are watching just cause there's a lot of people who follow it. And anytime that that, that channel does anything, it's a big deal and you get a lot more people and a lot more exposure on that channel. And they, they could use that for you know, advancing diversity in, in the, um, in the community. And they, they just choose not to. And, and the other thing that the person who Slissa says, says she was working with said was that basically if the women, if, if they invited more women and the women did poorly, then it would reflect badly on them. And it's like, well, no, that's not how these things work. First of all. And second of all, I mean, A, that's not how these things work. B, um, I would expect that, you know, the women who are playing this game are just as talented as the men who are playing this game and could hold their own, and you trust them to be able to do that. But also, it's way worse when you have fewer people in the, in the pool than more, just because of probability. Like, everybody has a bad day, right? Like, things happen. And when you have one or two women in the pool, if those women have bad days simultaneously, then it looks like, you know, all oh, women can't play the game and you, 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 have, you risk reinforcing that stereotype, which is untrue, but, you know, there will people will be looking for any sort of anything to confirm that bias of theirs. But if you have more, more women in the pool that you're inviting, then there's less likelihood that all of them are going to do poorly 
and you will have some some women who do well and you'll have some women who do poorly just like the men and it's fine right so it, it it's just like this outdated um this outdated mindset and it tracks right like you know, we can, we can go forth. It's, you know, let's just saying this and, and whatever. And it Matt, depends on if you trust her or not. Fine. You can say that, but at the end of the day, it tracks with their behavior, right? Because their behavior is that they've invited, they've, they've reluctantly invited one or two women. And it's usually from the same pool of like five. And, and that kind of tracks with them having that philosophy that, you know, Oh well, it's just gonna it's just gonna reflect poorly on all the women if we invite more of them, which is is like, it's not it's a nonsensical argument. So and the and ultimately all of this is around normalizing, you know, normalizing the idea that it your your gender is irrelevant for your ability to participate in the space, right? Like like ultimately like the the reason that this is important is because there's a lot of gatekeeping in gaming in general and in Hearthstone in particular for women in this space. Like there's the old trope about the women streamers who just have a lot of viewers because they're pretty and not because they play the game well, which again is untrue and, and, and discounts all of the additional harassment and, um, you know, lewd comments and trolls and, uh, you know, people who are asking them for dates regularly and, um, you know, sexual harassment and, 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 you know, the, the, like, there are a lot of men who play this game who are extremely insecure in their abilities and would believe that the women who are, who are sticking it out and participating in this space, despite all of those additional roadblocks being thrown up against them, um, are, are somehow like, you know, getting a diversity spot or something, Right. Or, or getting that, getting that spot because they're women and not because they're good at the game or not because when, in order to stay in this space as a woman, like it, it is like 10 times harder than it is for us men. Like I don't get, I, I have a decent number of people when I stream and I very rarely even need to ban anyone. Right. Or I very rarely even get any like weird comments or anything like that. And it's, it's just like, I, and that's the definition of privilege, right? Like I can just fire up my stream and not worry about it and not worry what someone's going to do and not worry that my mods are, are, are in, in chat and paying attention as much because it just, it doesn't happen as much if at all. And that is not the case when you're, um, you know, when you're a woman who's streaming, like I've, I'm a mod in my friend Dragon Riders, um, stream. And, you know, there have been people coming in and like, asking, you know, like weird things about like, show your feet and stuff like that. Like, like, no, like <laughs> you don't have to deal with that as a guy, like ever. Right. Or very, very rarely. And, and that's like a constant thing. If you're a woman who is like a visible in this space and, and, you know, heaven for fed, you get popular and you, you start attracting more people to the stream. You, you end up attracting more, um, you know, more trolls and more, more inappropriate comments and things like that as well. So, it's like, you know, but the more that it's normalized women being in gaming and in, I mean, I'm going to say in Hearthstone in particular, because that's like our game. And this is something that our community is still 
somehow struggling with. Um, but like the more that you normalize that and it's less of a big deal, then you, you have less of those things. And, and it, it's also a matter of just like people feeling safe. Right. And, and it's, it's funny because like I, I said, I said this on Twitter and, but like a few years ago, it, it must've been like five or five or six years ago. Um, my daughter came in, my, my daughter was starting to play Hearthstone at the time and she was watching a tournament with me and, you know, she sat down and watched for a little while and she was probably like eight or nine at the time. And she, eventually she was taking notes and she, eventually she said, well, I noticed two things. One, pretty much all of the decks have Thoris on in them and there are no girls playing. And that's what she took, Right. And she's very conscious of that. And what the message that that sends is that as a woman, you're not welcome because there's no one like you playing. It's not a space for you. Right. And, and she gave up on Hearthstone a little bit after that. I don't know that that necessarily was the thing that did it, but it sure didn't help, you know, and then she went over to, you know, she found other things that, that interested her and where, you know, it was more, more you know, appropriate for women to be there, like Pokemon and, and Animal Crossing. And I'm not saying that those are things for girls, but those are things that are definitely much more welcoming than, than Hearthstone is right now in a lot of video games. So you may be wondering at this point, like if assuming that you're, you're, you're a man, you're listening to this, right? What can I do? Right? Cause like Blizzard is going to do what they're going to do. And it sounds like without some sort of a, you know, a, a cleaning of the people who are involved in, you know, community relations or marketing or whatever department it is that's putting on these events, um, that, that not much is likely to change there in the near future, unfortunately, but, but there are still, that doesn't mean that things are hopeless, right? Um, and, and a lot of this, I think is that it's allowed to happen, right? Like, and, and, you know, you may be listening to this and, and thinking that, you know, I'm not one of those toxic jerks on the internet, right? I would, I would like to think that, you know, if you're listening to the show, I would like to think that you're not, right? Um, but that's not necessarily, like, enough <laughs> because what happens is that when good people are staying silent, then this is allowed to fester. And, and I will admit that I, I try to be vocal, but I'm probably not even as good at this as I would like to be. Um, and, and, and a lot of what I'm going to be saying right now is kind of my understanding. And, and I may get some of this stuff wrong, honestly, like I make mistakes too. And, and part of it is, is, is being willing to make mistakes, but also owning up to and apologizing for your mistakes when you make them. Cause I think that it's, it's very, it's very easy to misstep or slip up or do something that you, that is unintentionally harmful. And the way that you react to that is, is very important, right? Like if you immediately apologize and like sincerely, right. And, and say that, Hey, this is, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't understand. I didn't know I'll do better in the future. And then you do, then that's one thing. If you just, you know, blow it off or fight or, or, you know, argue with the person who's bringing it to your attention, then, you know, that, that's kind of where things fall off. Right. But that, that's neither, that's, that's kind of next step anyway. But I think that a lot of it is just like the reason that, that this has 
persisted as long as it has is a function of just like the way things have always been. It's kind of the default mode of how gaming has been, uh, you know, since pretty much since like the days of the Nintendo and you can go all the way back to, there was a, um, I forget when it was, there, there was a study or a documentary or something around like when, when Sega started, you know, honing in on, on, you know, adolescent boys for their marketing campaigns because they felt like they were the, they were the, the, the key demographic. And then when all the marketing shifted toward them, I don't know if it was Nintendo or Sega, one of those in that, that, that era where they were the big console war era. Um, you know, and even going back to like computers being for everybody until suddenly they weren't and stuff like that. Um, like that's all, that's all manufactured though. It's all, it's all a function of marketing and then, and then ultimately of toxic masculinity of, of like insecure guys who, you know, are going to take it much worse if they lose to a woman because they've been taught all their lives that, you know, men should be winning in competition always, which isn't true at all. But, you know, it's hard to unlearn some of those things and just like normalizing, you know, the environment and, and kind of making that kind of talk and that kind of sentiment unwelcome in your community and, and among your group of friends is important, right? Like one, one very simple thing that, and, and it's really hard, right? Like it's, and you're going to mess up a lot and, and you just have to keep with it that, and I try to do this and I mess up even when casting, which embarrasses the hell out of me is, um, you know, not assuming that the opponent is, when you're playing is, is, is a man, like saying they, they instead of him, right? It's just like a simple thing. Um, but just kind of normalizing that it's not necessarily like a guy on the other end, right? And, and that kind of like little language thing is, is actually can make a difference. And, but more, even more importantly than that, like anytime that you hear any of that, you know, any of this kind of you know, toxicity towards women or, or especially if you start seeing people like, you know, trying to tear down a woman or, or saying that she's, um, you know, she's only got where she is because of her looks or, or because, you know, because she's a woman and they passed up men for it or stuff like that. Like just shut that stuff down. Right. Like it, it's important that other, other men speak up. Um, you know, when, when those types of things are happening. And, and if you run a community at all, like if you were, if you stream, you run a discord, whatever, like this needs to be in your community rules and your, your moderators need to enforce it. And, and that like, cause ultimately like a community and, and I'm, I'm really big on this in both my, my Twitch stream and my discord, like I have zero tolerance for any of that stuff. Right. And, and I will, I, or one of my mods will shut that down immediately. And, and if we need to ban people, we do. Like I generally give people one, one warning and that's it. And usually the one warning will just get them to leave it. Like, like, you know, cause like the community takes on the, you know, takes after the people who are running it, right? Like they set the tone of that community. And if you have a community that's welcoming, right. Then, and, and, and doesn't tolerate any of that stuff, then, you know, the people in your community naturally will either follow the rules or they will leave and that will make the community more welcoming for everybody. Um, you know, and, and like, if you are a streamer and, and this is going to be like, you, you're going to have to do some work potentially if you haven't been doing this all along, like you, you, you should be trying to like a raid 
is a big way to introduce somebody to a number of new viewers, right? Like, not all of them stick around. Like, we all know that. Like, if you get a big raid from somebody, maybe, like, you know, if you get a rate of, like, let's say 100 people, maybe 10 of them stay. But that's still 10 people, right? Um, so, assuming that you're, you have done the work in your community, that is a big, a big caveat, right? Like, you, you can't do any of this without working on your own community first. Because um, then you just start compounding the problem. But let, let's say that you have already have a community like that or you've, or you've been working on that. Like raiding, um, you know, raiding a, a, a woman who's streaming, you know, at the end of your stream and, and introducing your, you know, your, your stream audience to them is a, is a great way to just get them more, you know, more, publicity is the wrong word, but, you know, words but get them more viewership. And, and ideally, if you've been doing the good work, then these are more people who will not be toxic and can also help in that community to, uh, you know, to ward off some of the, you know, the, the trolls that come by. Um, I mean, even just like, you know, going to like, you should be following more women in Hearthstone if you, if you aren't already. Badass Women in Hearthstone, I'll put the link to their, their Twitter account. Um, they follow basically every prominent or, or even semi-prominent um, woman who plays Hearthstone. And uh, they're a fantastic community. Um, and, and, you know, I've worked with Etheria since the beginning. And, and you know, she does a fantastic job, um, you know, doing what she can. Um, but that, that Twitter account is a pretty good resource. You could just go through who they're following and you know, that, that would give you a pretty good starting point and, and, you know, follow their Twitch streams, you know, ideally subscribe to a couple of their Twitch streams, like participate in their chats, like the, you know, being a positive community member helps. Right. And then, and, and ultimately when there are, when it is easier to be a, a woman who is visible in Hearthstone than it is, there are more people to choose from it makes it harder for, for someone like a Blizzard event organizer to ignore that constituency, right? Um, that, that, that's kind of the, it, it's, it's not a, it's not a silver bullet, right? Like none of this stuff is fast, but it's, it's important to do. And I mean, that's kind of why I'm speaking up here because I feel like I have an audience and, and, you know, I may reach some people that aren't following the stuff that don't follow me on Twitter. Don't follow or, or see me retweeting these things and scroll by them. Right. And, and can kind of, I, I can reach more people this way and, and, you know, through my streams and, and just being positive and whatever. And I mean, it's important to me in general, like it, it shouldn't be something that you're just doing, you know, to, to get points, right? Like this is, it, it, it's good for everybody, you know, however much positivity we're putting into the world. And this is just like one more focused version of positivity, but ultimately like positivity is a good thing all around. And it just makes, you know, it, it makes it better for everybody. You know, not just the women who are struggling to, you know, get a foothold and, and be taken seriously and be taken as equal to their male competitors. But even just like for everybody, just having a more inclusive and welcoming environment. And that that gets us to that point where we, we don't have people who are, you know, being chased out for reasons, uh, you know, beyond, you know, their own interest, right? Like, like it, it's, 
it's always sad when somebody leaves a gaming community, but when they leave a gaming community because of they just can't un, can't withstand like the barrage of 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 toxic comments and threats and you know abuse and and people trying to take advantage and and all that stuff like it's a tragedy and it's something that if you know especially for for those of us who are not having to deal with that like this is where the word privilege comes from like we're we're at much less risk of having consequences for speaking up about these types of things right so that that's kind of my message to you and and Again, I'll, I'll put as many links as I can in the show notes for this episode so that, you know, because I, w- I would really encourage you, if you're not familiar with any of this stuff, I would encourage you to go read, especially some of the, the stories from some of the women who have chosen to speak up over the last couple of days, because, like, it's easy to, it's easy to look at a public persona and, and just assume that everything is sunshine and rainbows, and it, it's not, and there's a lot of stuff that, um, you know, that, that people just need to have to kind of push aside or just kind of quote unquote, have a thick skin and, and withstand it because it comes with the territory and stuff that if you're a man, just, it just does not happen. Right. Um, so, you know, understanding is understanding what's happening and, and, and in their words, and I, I don't even want to try cause I won't do them justice at all. Um, but, you know, just kind of like reading through and understanding what a woman in gaming is going through on a daily basis is important to kind of reframing your mind around this sort of thing. And, and if you are if you are a woman who's in the audience right now, and, and I apologize that I've been basically talking to the men in the audience because I feel like, the, you know, if you're a woman, you already know a lot of this stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I hope that you feel comfortable in the, you know, in this community, whether it be the discord or my stream or whatever. And, and if there, if there is something that is making you uncomfortable, please don't hesitate to let me know. Cause I, I would love to fix that. Like I said, we're all, you know, I mess up too. And I, there are things that don't occur to me either. And, you know, we can all learn from each other and, and just try to make everything, you know, make, make whatever spaces we have control over. Um, better and more, more comfortable to be in, right? Like that's all that anyone would want for themselves, and that's all that we would we would want for you know for anyone else. All right, so that's gonna do it for uh, for this episode. Again, a little bit heavier of a topic, but I I feel like it's important, and I feel like it's something that we need to discuss. Um, again, I will um, remind you that if you're listening to this as it comes out, uh, Tuesday the twentieth. Uh, I believe at 8 p.m. Eastern on my uh, my Twitch stream, hat and I, ridiculous hat. And I will be recording uh, the meta overview, and I'll have that up on the podcast feed. Um, hopefully the next day. We'll, we'll see how long it takes me to edit, but I would imagine probably Wednesday evening I'll be editing that. Um, you can uh, find the show notes for this show and every show, and all the links that I'll be putting in there at offcurve.com. You can follow the Twitter account at offcurve on Twitter. Um, for when new episodes are released or if I uh, make enhancements to the dashboard for Master's Tour qualifiers. And if you are playing in Master's Tour qualifiers and um, and you, you want data on those, uh, offcurve.com slash Master's Tour is your source for all that data. I update that dashboard several times throughout the weekend. Um, I actually just squashed a bug this afternoon. I think that will make my life a lot easier, make it a little easier for me to update it, which is nice. 
Um, so go and check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at Wicked Good. Um, my Twitch stream, which I mentioned a few times, is twitch.tv slash wickedgoodfm. I normally stream uh, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, and um, you can join the Discord at discord.offcurve.com. And there is a, it is a, as welcoming of a community as I can make it um, with wonderful people who are, you know, always happy to discuss all things Hearthstone or otherwise, um, you know, in, in that, uh, in that space and, and, you know, and it, it's, it's a great, it's a great space if I do say so myself and I've been really happy with how the community has grown. All right. So that's going to do it. Um, I will talk to you all, um, later this week when we talk about how the meta is shaking out and until then be good to each other. Talk, we'll talk soon. Have a good one.